Mr. Nine Degrees there. But whatever you're doing, you must not really want to do it. Because if you did, you wouldn't have left me sitting here with a bag full of guns. Found something else in there, too. You gotta think these snaps are near and dear. So let's have a chat. Let the healing begin. Welcome to Fear Me. Kim, Stuart, and Scott. Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 103. How's it going? It's going just fine, Kim. How are you tonight? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I'm glad we got the giggly, silly part out of yeah, our yeah, podcast. Seriously, you got a little tonight. bit of the giggles there, Kim. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're, you're just happy to be here, aren't you? I am. We had a lovely Easter in North Carolina, and now we're back recovering from our long drive. Mm-hmm. And we went to a fantastic brewery while we were there with really good beers. I wish I had the beer names in front of me, because I would tell you what my favorite one was. But it was the Railhouse Brewery. Yes, Railhouse yes. Brewery in Aberdeen, North Carolina. And it's set up right next to a um, railroad track, obviously, because of the name. And um, great people, uh, really nice atmosphere. Free they cookies. Were setting up a free or a, a band when we were there. Yeah, there were free cookies though. Free cookies were awesome. Yeah, they came around and gave us free cookies or brownies. That was sweet. Yeah. Nice touch. So we got a flight. We each got a flight of different beers. And um, we had like one different one and it was really good. I liked most of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did I, I did too. And I think each one of us kinda had a different one that we liked the best. So but they were great. That was fun. Yeah. So what are you drinking tonight? I like that place. I am drinking um, from down your neck of the woods. Stuart gave me this. This is a um, a Sweetwater beer uh, done in conjunction with Relix Magazine and Kyle Hollinsworth, the musician. It's Relix, isn't it? Uh, Relix. Excuse me. Right. Not Relix. Excuse me. Relix. And uh, evidently, he's he's really big into the uh, craft brew scene also. Mm, yeah. Um, does his own brewing and so forth. Um and he also sponsors a lot of, uh, evidently, uh, beer festivals and things. So uh, this is one that they did for the uh, Sweetwater 420 Fest hmm. that was down in Atlanta on April the 20th. And it is, it's an IPA, and it's really good. It's very tasty. I mean, it's, it, you really taste the, um, the uh, grapefruit in this one. Um, but it's got, it's, you know, it's got a great citrus flavor to it. It's very smooth. Um, I really like it. What's a lot. it called, Scott? Ground score. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> there's so much. There's so much yeah. stuff on this can. <laughs> there is. If you, if anybody gets, if anybody gets the ground score by Sweetwater, if you look at it, it's like, what is the name of the beer? There's I, I like will, um, eight I'll labels on it. I'll post a picture of it on our on our Facebook page. It is. Uh, it's ridiculous. It is a. It is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> But uh, but it does can a very nice beer. Good. <laughs> yep. What do you got, Kim? All right, I'm drinking something from Red Hair Brewing Company out of Marietta, Georgia, and also Shalote, North Carolina. Which is still weird to me. Shalote and Marietta. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's called the Soft J. It's a juicy IPA. <laughs> Hello. Yes. So it's a Hello. It's a New England style, but it's very citrusy. So mm -hmm. super sweet. Not, well, it's really sweet. The yeah. first one was really good. I'm on my second one, and it's a little bit too much. Hmm. Okay. Like this might be my last it's one. It's kind of a summery brew. Very. Yeah. Well, it's the the England or uh, New England IPA is usually a little bit cloudier, um, heavier IPA. Yeah. Well, this um, one's got you, as compared to the West Coast. This one's got a lot IPAs. of orangey flavor, not lemon, mm -hmm. but orange. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's good. You just can't drink too much of it. I've got gotcha. I've got one uh, Scott passed on to me that he said was not very good. I, I think you actually set me up for this being it's terrible. You got to try it. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's from an unknown it. brewing company in Charlotte uh, that we've talked about before, which is down near uh, the Panthers Stadium. And uh, it is a light Berliner style ale. And I actually like it. It's kind of a sour, light beer. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. like it a lot. Definitely. I could actually mm -hmm. have another one. I wish you gave me two of them. So sorry. I'll get you more. Thank you. That beer after Soft J, really bad. Yeah. Don't want to mix them together. No mixing. It'd be more like kind of like grapefruity. Oh, it's very sour. I really I like I, the sour, actually. And uh, I think Cash, who was on last week, is like a big sour fan. I'm not huge on sours, but for some reason, I like this one a lot. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely in the in the class of sours. It's, it's definitely a Kolsch style. But, um, yeah, it wasn't my taste, but um, I'm glad to hear you like it. Yeah. I'll get you some more. All right. Uh, Unknown has done, done a pretty good job with their beers here. Uh, they're... Um, Oh, Scratch and Sniff, I think, is one of the best beers in the area. Scratch and Sniff? That's quite oh, unfortunate. Yeah, That's right. You had that on not too long ago. Yes. That was, the, I think, I the did. black can, maybe. No, it was. it's a white can, oh. but it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a aromatic IPA, it's mm. called. Right. And uh, it was delicious. Well, this one's super weak, too, so that goes along with my style. It's 3.8. Right. 3. Well, it's the first time I've actually seen a, uh, cra or a craft light beer. Right. And that's what that is. Bring them on. Yep. And nobody's gotten the fancy PBRs yet, right? Uh, no, you haven't gotten those yet, have you? No. I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to be fancy <laughs> since they're still PBR. Well, but... you need to try exactly. it. Exactly. And it's still $5 a six-pack, so it's still high-quality stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's good stuff. <laughs> Put it in your water bottle uh, for a good hike. I'm going to get you that for next week. There you go. Or the season you finale. Go. You should drink it for the season finale because that's special. I am not arguing with you at all. <laughs> I am on it. <laughs> Which, by the way, Stuart and I got tickets to see the season finality, finale at the movie theater. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me what the shit. <laughs> but it's going to be awesome. Okay, so we're actually going to go to the theater to see it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's supposed to be goodies Here. that they hand out. Uh, I'm curious what that might be. Okay. Probably like a piece of chocolate in the shape of Lucille or something. Yep. Scott wants a souvenir. You don't get the souvenir you if you don't go. You have to go. I can't go. Yeah, you can. You don't yeah. have kids, it's and we're making an effort to go. I have to work on Monday in Charlotte. But we do have a babysitter, and, and the babysitter could pro possibly take care of um, Sonia. And you said, <laughs> I don't want your babysitter taking care of my wife. Okay? It's going to be a ton of fun. Let's just be clear. Let's just be clear on that. Um, yeah, no, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm glad you guys are getting to do that. Yeah. Um, so you're going to be seeing both the, the finale of the season for 
for The Walking Dead and the season premiere of uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Yep. So. Yep. Back to back. Back to back. Two hours. Which means then we are going to have to figure out how to do our podcast for that. Yeah. I guess we're going to do two separate podcasts that week, huh? Yeah, I think we're going to have to break it up because I have a feeling there's going to be a lot to talk about, especially with Morgan crossing I over. I do too. Yep. So yep. it might behoove us. So there wouldn't it just be like overlap of conversation at that point then? We don't know. Um, I don't think anybody's going to want to listen to a four-hour podcast. No. So I think we will everybody. break it up into a couple. No one wants to be recording yep. a four-hour We'd have to have podcast. a lot of beer. Yes. And it, then it we could get really incoherent. entertaining towards the end. It, yes, yeah. It will be for Kim. Or it would just kind of drone off into nothingness of like us passing out. <laughs> <laughs> And then <laughs> the last the last half hour, there's nothing. Yeah, no one will Radio save silence. anything. Like you hear some gentle snoring in the background. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nothing gentle about or, my snoring, buddy. Or or kids coming up and going, "Mom, Dad, yeah. are you awake? Can we have breakfast?" <laughs> uh, all right, so we're gonna talk about The Walking Dead, season eight, episode fourteen. Still got to mean something. What did you guys think of this episode? I, I actually did like this. Uh, watching it the second time, I, I think I liked it a little bit more. I think the Morgan head game stuff was kind of throwing me because I it was almost it was almost too deep. Like there was so much kind of going on. I was confused at what the storyline was going on with him. And I mean, I understand that he's kind of in a confused state. <laughs> Uh, as to like you know everybody's like well, whoa Morgan and everybody's kind of trying to bring him back to a reality of like how important he is to the group, but um, I was really confused at what the hell was going on with him in in some of the dialogue as well, and I don't know if I was just missing some of it when he was talking about it. Like um, for example, when he's he's chasing uh, the escapees, like I was yeah. confused at why isn't he just going after Henry. Uh, I mean, right. it, you know, as it led on through the episode, okay, he doesn't want to find the negative side of what happened to Henry, but at the mm-hmm. same time, like, I was really wondering what kept drawing him on to find these other guys. Well, he had already said that, you know, he he, he thought Henry was dead already. Yeah. Yeah. And so he wasn't going looking for them. He just wanted to go and kill these other guys. Yeah, it was just, it, it, some of it just seemed a little confusing to me. So it, uh, that kind of took away from the episode. But all in all, the episode was great. I loved um, the the helicopter, some of these mysteries that are showing up. Uh, the helicopter as well as the hitchhiker at the end that gets in um, Negan's car. So mm-hmm. I thought, right. you know, it, it wasn't probably as good as the last few episodes for me, but it was, it was pretty good. Okay. Kim, what did you think of it? I liked it. Um, there were some parts of it that were disappointing to me. Not from a writing standpoint, just but just from the, um, like, I'm disappointed that the characters would have made those decisions type of standpoint. Uh, namely, um, Rick and Morgan, obviously. I don't like what happened to the Saviors. I... I now, on the flip side of that, I actually like what it did to the storyline. It just hurts my soul that somebody would make that sort of decision um, to kill everybody, even when they've said that they would go with you and, and be, and help you out and all that stuff. It just, right. It, that's just a horrible thing to even have to encounter. Um, But I like what it did to the storyline because now Rick is forced because of what one of the saviors said, he is forced to go and read that letter from Carl and 
I guess really come to the conclusion that yeah, he needs to start listening to his son. That there is life. Or we don't know. We don't. Or we don't know. Well, I mean, we don't know what the conclusion he drew from it. We know it was it was earth shattering for him. We kind of already thought he was going that way, and then he used the kindness or humanity of the situation against people, and then killed them. Mm-hmm. So it was like you thought that he had already kind of gotten the point of what Carl was saying, and then it's almost like he used it as um, a disadvantage. Oh, he used it of, in the opposite yeah, way. Yeah, used it as a disadvantage right. to the people that really don't know him. So. I'm just saying that it forced him to go and read the letter. Right. Like, it yeah. forced him it to did. come to grips with what had just happened and to mm-hmm. listen to what his son has to say to him. It doesn't mean he's going to follow what he says, but he's at least taking that chance. Nope. But then also... I really love all the symbolism that happened in this episode. It aired on Easter. There were a lot of things that dealt with um, a child returning, losing your child, coming to uh, grips with what reality is. So I like the way they, they tied all that into the Easter holiday. And I'm not... A very religious person, but I felt like they took it into consideration when they were writing this episode. And I like all the mysteries that were presented with Jadis. The Jadis Negan storyline was awesome. I loved it. And I loved that walker, the 90 degree walker. And um, I love the helicopter and the mystery of the clean apartment that she lives in. So lots of good things to explore in the next episode. Her modern container. Yeah. Or contemporary modern, right? Um, I, I, to me, it, I liked it better the second time I watched it, but it still felt to me to, to be more of a, an episode that addressed a lot of hanging plot pieces out there. Um, I mean, there were some really interesting reveals and new questions that were brought up in the episode, um, but for me, I didn't think it was near as good as some of the uh, recent episodes we've had. Uh, it, it a lot of it did feel like they were trying to tidy up some plot pieces so that they could fit well into what's going to be coming up at the end of the season. Now, for having said that, though, there was some elements of it that I did think were very interesting, and and probably the one more than anything is the fact the the role reversal we're seeing between Rick and Negan. I think that's fascinating the way they're doing that. They're they're showing Negan as an you know empathetic character, whereas Rick is ruthless. Yep, and it's going to be interesting to see how this is carried forward. Um, you know, we've seen Ru- Rick be kind of ruthless before, and we've kind of accepted him back every time. Mm-hmm. But he may be going a little bit too far this time. Because you can't just gun down, you know, people that that you were two seconds ago telling them you were going to save them, get them out of yeah, there. Yeah, it's, it's one thing about, like, um, what was it, destroying or kill, going in and, and sneaking in and killing the outpost people. It's another thing when you hold out the olive branch, and then turn on him. Yeah. Especially exactly. when, in, in the scene, the guy is, shoots a couple walkers that are getting ready to take out Rick, and then the exactly. next thing you see is him stabbing the guy in the throat, or, or maybe it was Morgan stabbing With him the in the hatchet. Throat. Yeah. No, it was Rick. And, oh, that's uh, right, he did right. have the hatchet. And it was the very right. guy that had just shot the walker yeah. that was about to bite him. So, I don't know. I, you know, Rick Rick's redemption may be a little bit harder this time. There were definitely some uh, what yeah. the shit moments. <clears throat> yeah, it was... Um... When he ended up a lot of with the shit moments. When he ended up killing that savior, my heart just dropped. I was, mm, it was like the death of Rick's soul. You, you gonna be okay? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be okay. Okay, but it makes me very sad. 
<laughs> I won't cry, I promise. Poor Kimmy. <laughs> oh, you will. You will cry. I might. Before she's the night gonna, is she's over. Gonna do, she's going to do uh, Rick's soul searching for him. Oh, if I were there, I'd be yelling at him. What the fuck do you yes. think you're doing? Mm. Very ladylike. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, we open with the Jadis flashback, which... Yes. I thought it was very interesting simply because, one, how did she have time to set up that little scenario, the death scenario? And two, she didn't just lay herself out like any normal person would lay themselves out as if they were die- had gotten killed. Like, she had her, like, hips cocked up in the air and her face all laid out. That was a really good death, whatever you yeah, want to call well, it. Yeah, well, it, it was like a real death pose. I mean, if you get killed like that, you just flop down. Mm-hmm. It's not like you... You're trying to break your landing or anything. She did pretty good. My yeah I, yeah, I have a question as to how she got out of that if she's like up in Simon's face when they start shooting everybody and somehow she gets away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which well, is, we've seen we've seen our characters in this show do that all the time. Like we said last week with the guys in the pickup truck who went rolling through the gate or the three that survived where all these other guys were getting killed. And then she's laying on the ground. The guy comes and spits on her. But she's obviously yeah, going to turn into a walker, which Kim pointed out. They left them all to turn into walkers because they all end up being burger meat. Yeah, Stuart yep. was asking why he didn't shoot her in the head. Yeah. That was because, right? And that's why we got to see all those walkers with Rick when he came back to that yeah. outpost. She got lucky, though, for that reason. Um, my other little qualm with that scene is that afterwards, when she gets up and starts taking off her dirty clothes and reveals the long, flowing white gown. Sorry, yeah. but ladies do not wear long white flowing gowns under their pants. <laughs> That's true. No, no, I know. I thought of that too. So, um, But there was a lot of symbolism there. Yes. Total. I agree, but not realistic. No, but there's, I tell you what, there's, um, boy, there's a lot of mystery going on there. Yeah. What the hell is going on there? What is this I mean, outpost? She's, she's obviously got some kind of, uh, connection with whatever this military group is or mm-hmm. whatever who owns that helicopter. And how did she know, like, there was obviously some sort of uh, agreement about when this helicopter was coming and she had to wave the flare in the air. She had her timer. Yeah, and she had a timer going on. Mm-hmm. Was that the first time the, the helicopter has flown over? Is there a certain I would day and it. time? No, I don't, think that, I don't think it's the first time. My guess is it was arranged. You know, I don't know if you noticed, but when they show her, her room, um, which, again, that part also is an incredible mystery. Yeah, you know, does everybody else live that room. way? Right. Well, that leads me... I, I'm purely speculating, of course, but it leads me to think that they were stationed there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also mention on several occasions that there's a helipad there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that helicopter has come and gone from there before. That's not the first time that thing has shown up there. My, my guess is that she, through the walkie-talkie that's in her room, she's probably arranged something with them. Yep. Oh. I yeah, and the then as you're do as they're doing like the slow scenes as she's getting ready, whatever she's doing in inside the container that she's Packing. in, um, yeah, you see like the the uh, roller bag like show up, and so she's getting ready to leave. Right, she's packing up to leave. Right, and it's it, it leads me to think she was being recalled or something. Yeah. But for some reason, they had them set up there. Now, I cannot for the life of me understand why. They would purposely set these people up in a junkyard 
acting like they're something out of a Mad Max movie. Um, what was the... <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go for a cover, that is a weird cover. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we were gonna, we're, we'll find out. Hopefully, sooner rather than later. I don't want to be lingering into next year to find out what the hell the helicopter was going on about. Oh, me too. Oh, it could be. Oh, it could be. I have a feeling that the other people were probably not living as posh as she was. Maybe a little bit. I mean, she's obviously the ringleader. She knows a lot about the outpost, about the helicopter and all that stuff. And, you know, we've seen the helicopter for sure at the beginning of the season. Rick saw it. Mm. So we know the helicopter's been around before. And my guess is they've been coming back and forth from that from that. I mean, junkyard. maybe they even check on them periodically. And if there's no flare, they just move on and keep going on their business. And if there is a flare, they stop. Or they bring them supplies. Right. We've never seen them out hunting or we've never seen any food or anything. So, And obviously they're living in these containers. Um, well, they had a whole Kim- box of applesauce. Like, yeah. how often do you find a whole box? Because most of the grocery stores have already been pilfered, right? That would something that might have been delivered by a helicopter from a military base. Right. I, Kim, I'm kind of on the other side. I think that um, probably they were all living like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it was it's some kind of an installation. Yeah. Um, that even, you know, it's, it's built within the containers, but I think it's probably something more permanent than just having a bunch of containers there. Mm-hmm. And again... We'll just have to wait and see, but to me, it has a feeling of they're they're affiliated with this other group, whether it's the military or what, um, that they're part of that. Yeah. Again, I still can't figure out why you would, you know, base some people in, in a junkyard acting like that um, as your cover for this group. You know, I, I I don't know. Yeah, it's like they're scouts for something, but for what? Maybe. Right. I mean, I don't know. They could have even been scouting Negan. Who who knows? But but scouts don't usually make themselves out to be really, really noticeable. <laughs> and these people couldn't have been more noticeable. Yeah, it wasn't like they were telling people as to go weird away. As they, were. they were making deals with people to do stuff. Right. So it's, you know, they if they were really Speaking trying to hide. weird language. Yeah, if they were trying to hide or keep people away, then they would but you not know, be making deals with them. That might be also why they would not pick a side. They were making deals with both sides. And um, that's, that's good because point. they're, you know, reconnaissance, trying to get information on both sides. Mm-hmm. Reconnaissance. Yeah. Reconnaissance. Yes, not reconnaissance. <laughs> yeah, it, but you know, but they, but for people that were supposed to be just kind of, you know, I'm not saying supposed to be, I shouldn't say that. We don't know that. We don't know what they're supposed to be there for. But if they are supposed to be there just as, you know, a, a, a outpost or watching things all they've made some pretty risky deals yeah they have where they've actually gotten themselves involved in some shooting battles yes so that also doesn't strike me as very um conducive to being being able to survive like that so so she brings negan back there is she bringing him back there to torture him or is she bringing them back there to take him somewhere it looked like she was trying to kill him with the 90 degree guy she did a really poor job she really uh, did. Securing that, that was a little unbelievable to me that she would be that um, flippant about leaving all that stuff right there. You know, yeah. just. Well, that, I mean, the whole thing was rather silly. I mean, in all honesty, don't get me wrong. The outcome of the, of that, that whole uh, confrontation with Negan and her uh, was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But 
it was kind you know it the, there were so many absurdities in the scenes mm-hmm. that it was crazy i mean if you're going to kill the guy what what's with all this tying up walkers on the bedpost and stuff like that you know i mean it, it's just all quite silly and it doesn't seem like it you know you're you're left thinking well was she really going to kill him or not yeah. but what what but if she wasn't going to kill him what was her what was her expectations what was she thinking she was going to get out of it right um she didn't produce anything from it. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess the assumption is that it was some sort of way of slowly killing him with the walker that's tied to the cart. Um, right. Because she, he killed everybody else. But at the same time, she's like on, <laughs> she's on a deadline to get picked up by these other people right at this right. thing happening. It's right. like. All right, gotta yeah, like, don't waste time. Yeah, yeah, be a little and, bit more careful with your yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and, and she's she's checking her watch. <laughs> yeah. She's checking her watch the whole time, and she doesn't go into motion like she's going to put this thing into effect until she's seen a certain time on her watch. Well, maybe right. it's because she's like, I'm in a hurry to get the hell out of here. I better go get this. No, this no, she's, cart she wasn't in a hurry. Zombie to kill him really quick. Remember, they show her sitting on. She's sitting on her suitcase looking at her watch. Yeah, yeah. You know, know. It was and weird. she wasn't in a hurry at all. It was like she was going to do this stuff to Negan at the time when the helicopter gets there or something. I don't know. It was just, it was, the whole scene was just odd. Well, it and was, if she it really wanted him dead, when she took that, uh, the the swing with the bat, with Lucille, and she stopped like inches from his face. Which was a great scene. It was a that good was scene. Cool. Totally great scene because I thought for sure she was going to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if she really wanted him dead, she would have followed through with that. I think mm-hmm. the walker, because what they said on the Talking Dead is that that arm can fold down, mm. so he would hinges. be he would be eating Negan that way slowly, and yeah. it would be a slow death. So I think yeah, but he would die in her way. That would have been, been a that would have been a torturous death for him because her entire group was just murdered outright, and I think that was her payback for him. However, uh. I don't buy that he got that torch and the pictures out of her bag no, that quickly. No, no, that she was quick. not behind. And a gun. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Gun. The gun. She was not behind that pile of trash that long. <laughs> if and he, he got, would have to unzip the bag. If he got all that shit out that out. quickly, why the hell didn't he get off that cart? Yes. Well, it looked like it looks like I, I the second time I watched it, I, I did look. It looked like he knocked over the suitcase and it broke open. But that was a pretty nice suitcase. Broke that open. Was, it was How a ceramic suitcase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't buy that. I don't buy it at all. So no, I think I don't it either. was poorly I executed. Either. I like the message that we got out of the entire scene, uh, but I think they could have done it a lot better. Well, even Negan questions her on whether she wants to kill him. Yeah. Because even he's like, why would you leave me here next to this bag of guns? Mm-hmm. Right. If you want to kill me. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll learn later on what the deal was there, but that was just a completely weird setup um, that didn't make any sense. And you know, in the end, I don't know if this was even what the the writers were going for, but I don't really care what was in those pictures. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am more concerned about like who the helicopter is and what her story is with that than these pictures well, that I... he was supposedly. Trying to burn. I think we're supposed to assume that those are all the people that she lost, or at least her right. her past. I think that's what they were, right? Yep. Exactly. Well, yeah. They were trying to. He was trying to equate. I don't think we need to know what it was on Negan's. Mm-hmm. Negan's Lucille to the pictures is where that was 
where that was the the uh, correlation. Yeah. So that was their motivation. For Which that. the story was good. Another humanizing thing for Negan. Negan was right. I mean, really the conversation good. and how he got out of uh, being in trouble and all was fascinating. I mean, and it really did make him uh, a much more human character. Now, did you believe that she should have let him go at that point? I, I was like, don't let him go. She had kind of, she just kind of given up. I know, but I was. I don't think she. How can you? How can you trust Negan? It's Negan. I don't think Can't. she trusts Negan. I, I don't think she gave a damn at that point. She hardly even looked at him when he talked to her. And did you notice when she did talk to him, she sounded like her old self again. Mm-hmm. She yeah. had, you know, that cadence back. Oh, really? Yeah. You crazy? Yeah, she wasn't. She she. I think when she missed the, when she missed the helicopter when she missed the helicopter and things didn't work out with Negan, it, it seemed to me she just gave up. Yeah, I did not catch that. I, I it did seem more like she was just like she was depressed. She was Very. done. She's like, just get out of here, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, you know, the offer will still stand when I come back. And I wonder, again, I wonder how truthful he will be to his word. I'm inclined to believe he would be very truthful to his word. Still got to mean something. It does got to mean something. Well, obviously, swearing on your sack means a whole lot more than swearing on your good word. Yes. In this world. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I mean, you're right. Negan right now has more clout than Rick does. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a, it, you know, it's funny. I never, I never would have thought that um, Negan would be the moral standard over Rick and Simon. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a switch of roles we've had happen, and 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 I got to give it to the writers and all that they they were able to do that. Um, but yeah, and right now Negan is the is the high road for the morals, mm-hmm. where the other two guys are bloodthirsty killers. You know. That's it. That was it's a brilliant change. It's been shifting that way ever since Carl died. Yeah. yeah. He still hasn't read Well, they've that also letter. Yeah. Well, he was reading it at the end of the episode. Not Negan. No, Negan's letter. Oh, Negan hasn't. Well, yeah. right. He hadn't shared that with him, but he told him the gist of it. And there was a series of other ones that hadn't been shared either, right? Yeah. There was like a whole pile of like poor Carl. He went through all his work right as he was dying and then like his <laughs> stuff doesn't even get passed out. <laughs> I promise if you ever do that, I'll make sure those letters get to the people that need them. Like, what, a, what a jerk. <laughs> if my son died, I'm sure as hell going to read the letter. Yeah, well, exactly. Or at least, I mean, I can understand Negan not getting his, but like, what if there was one for Tara? Yeah. Or mm-hmm. whoever. Daryl. Daryl. And not like. Oh, there was one for Enid. I don't know if she ever got right. her. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's a big one. So then we see Tara and Daryl at the hilltop. And first. We see that the hilltops for, surrounded by walkers, by the way, mm-hmm. if you notice that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jerry seemed to enjoy that part. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is so cute. I love his smile. Because they brought cobbler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Walker cobbler. Tara is totally convinced that Dwight means no harm. Yeah, because she is not sick after being hit by the arrow that he shot. And Daryl's not buying yep. it. Well, he just doesn't give a damn. I don't, I don't think he cares. I think Daryl's going to come around. Maybe. He's, he's slowly giving up on trying to argue with her about it because she's pretty much said, well, I'm out, you know. if you, Like she said, like she leaves the conversation, you know. If you kill him, it's on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's for yeah, you. Yeah. It, it's not for me. You know, I've forgiven him. Because they were kind of teaming up early on. Like when right. they went out with, exactly. with Dwight early on. And she was... Which was really weird because you remember... It seemed like 
Daryl was given him more of a free ride at that time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. they've totally turned it. And yeah. I was more convinced that Daryl thought he was okay than Tara was. Yeah, which... but I, I don't think he ever did. I mean, he, he definitely gave hints at the fact that, like, it's not his time yet. Like, you know. And even, even Dwight was saying that. He's like, I understand what's going to happen to me after this is all done, but... You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll keep doing what I got to do, and then you, you know, you do what you need to do, and we're, you're done with me. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he, he I, I, I have to admit, I haven't really bought into um, why Tara has all of a sudden sw- done a, you know, about face, one eighty on, on, uh, on this. Yeah, because I mean, you know, Dwight still killed her girlfriend and brutally. And did other things against their community, and all of a sudden Tara just did this complete about face because she saw him do a couple things exactly that could be construed as as saving her. Um, I I think they did it for the plot because they had to get the plot moving. But I would uh, I think that transition should have taken a little bit longer. I agree. Possibly. I don't I don't necessarily agree. I mean, I I, I kind of think that what well, okay. For the storyline and over the timeline, yeah, it seems a little weird, but um, I was tired of her hanging on every mm. everything being about killing Dwight. I mean, it was just getting... Oh, yeah. I was getting I agree kind with of you annoying. That. Sure. But, and, and the storyline is still annoying. Well, especially with her, the way like she delivers it with her kind of sarcasm and stuff like that. But yeah, well, I'm gonna still going to kill you kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just like, okay, just give right. it up. Like, I was ready mm-hmm. for that to be over. I right. don't necessarily agree that uh she should for, she should easily forgive dwight for anything i don't think anybody should be forgiving dwight for anything but well and still you know by the end of the episode you still have that trifecta going on now because rosita was always involved in this and mm-hmm. you still have daryl and rosita kind of teaming up together to figure out how to fix the whole bullet situation and rosita's like we need to take out the bullet maker not the machines daryl's like right. yeah right you're right let's do it that's fucking Eugene, man. Mm-hmm. And like he was Good. a friend. Yeah, he's turned tail, but still. No, I mean I think they're absolutely right in doing that. But he's simple minded simple minded Eugene. Right. And and the fact that she's right, I mean, if you take Eugene out, you take the bullet making out. Yeah. I know. Well but there that's was sad to me too. There was still a question, I think, in the viewer's mind if she would turn against Eugene, because there always was yeah. like that. There's a friendship there. Yeah, there's a, a friendship. History. Yeah. So I think I think that line itself kind of showed that was a change that you hadn't seen out of her mm-hmm. with her um, reaction towards seeing him, because right. it, it, she, you'd always thought that okay, there was kind of maybe she felt a little bit more um, well it, uh, protection towards him because he's kind of the simple-minded guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I guess brilliant, <laughs> but yeah. but simple guy. Yes, our idiot savant. Yes. Well, I was going to say uh, with Daryl though, I think Norman Reedus is very lucky that he's kind of handsome in that like dirty bad guy kind of way. Really? <laughs> because it's <laughs> like he's really out of practice when it comes to acting and delivering his lines. I st- I. Like if he had to talk more, I don't think I'd be excited. I thought he did fine in this one. I thought he I, again he had more dialogue. For, he has more for dialogue, once. but it's not delivering very well. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought he was okay. Scott, yeah. Scott's gonna yeah, Scott's gonna totally agree with you. I think. 
No, no. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. I'm glad it he's talking a little bit more. It didn't stand out, stand out to me as being an issue. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I still don't think he has enough lines. But you know, like that whole, if Daryl dies, we riot, that whole thing hasn't had much traction lately. Not many people have been standing behind Daryl like they used to. <laughs> Honestly, I, I kind of think Rick's a little out of practice in delivering his lines, if you want to oh, get yeah. into that. I could draw on that a little bit more, I think. Right. I think they're both of them. Well, you know, if you don't give him much to work with, it's just when, when he starts delivering lines from, like, other shows, that's when you're like, dude. You want to get like, on my bike and ride? Yeah, and you're like, dude, wrong show. <laughs> Come on, Norman. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen my restaurant? Like, dude, all right, y'all need to be selling it during the show. <laughs> Great food, by the way. We got good burgers there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the storyline that I really liked a lot during this episode was the Carol Henry storyline. I like how it tied into a lot of stuff from the past. Exactly. Really, I I absolutely hated it. I, no, I, I was going to say, I liked how it tied into stuff from the past, but man, it was slow. And it, that Henry kid, like, I mean, come on, they're really... Oh, he's still annoying. Yeah, they're, I, uh, they're really drawing that one out, like, just... For everything they can get out of it, working the hard strings a little bit yeah, too much. Yeah, here. yeah, I think so. Okay, so maybe it's because <laughs> I'm a mom. Oh come on! And I see what they're doing there, but it was very obvious from the very beginning of the episode when she's talking to King Ezekiel, when Carol's talking to King Ezekiel, right? That the whole thing was going to be tied back to Sophia, her daughter. Mm-hmm. And so when King Ezekiel is asking her. Or telling her, you choose not to leave. Tell me why you think he's already dead. And you can see her face kind of change a little bit. And yeah, that's what she thinks. And she pretty much admits that later on. And it's because, I mean, think about the way she was at the prison. She's teaching these kids to use weapons because they need to be able to survive somehow. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't, she's already lost Sophia at this point. And she doesn't have much faith that these kids can survive in this sort of situation in a zombie apocalypse. And um, her emotions come into play, I guess, too much in that whole scenario. You know, she doesn't have faith that that children can make it. Well, it it cracked me up, though, Kim, that that she at the end, when she does find Henry, she says, "Uh, you can survive. And I'm thinking to myself, well, he was trapped under a tree with walkers all around. The exact same um, tree that's Sophia not was necess- in. But, but that's not surviving. Uh, if she hadn't shown up, he would be dead. Yes. So he really didn't survive. Right. And she found pieces of him, <laughs> basically, right. like his armor and his stick and whatnot. But for some reason, she drew the conclusion he would survive out there. So well, whatever. I think, and for that, I think it's because she found him in time. Mm-hmm. Not because he did anything to help himself, like, although he did put himself super far back in those branches. So okay, fine, whatever. But he survived long enough for her to to find, find him. him. Yeah, right. Whereas Sophia did not. My my biggest problem with with um, with that storyline and the stuff going on with Morgan and all is that all of those pieces were very convoluted and hard to follow. It seemed like we went, we were going back and forth from Henry, from mm-hmm. Carol's past, f- from uh, Morgan's, Morgan's past. going Mr. Crazy. Um, you know, it just all kind of was 
wrapping in and out of each other the whole time. Yes. You know, one minute they're with one person, one minute they're with the next. You know, Rick shows up, and now he's got his old relationship with Morgan he's working on. And I was just like, God almighty, people. Yeah, that's, this is just getting ridiculous. That's the, That was the main problem I think I was describing at the start. It was like, I there was so much wrapped up in just like their little one-liners, too, that uh, you know, that Carol and Morgan were delivering to each other. And I was like, well, what the fuck are they even talking about? It's like, you will survive and they must die and everyone turns. And I was like, all right, what are they even talking about now? Like <laughs> everybody is incredibly introspective in this show. Yes. I mean, I don't usually stop in the middle of my day trying to think about what happened to me a year ago. And how I reacted to it and so forth. I mean, geez, these people, it's like that's all they ever do is think. They're like they are like modern kids. Okay. It's all about them. <laughs> I can tell you from somebody who has anxiety disorder, that is yeah. something that I do. Like if I make okay. a mistake in the past, it still haunts me. Like something 10 years ago, I still it play does. it over and over and over again in my head. It does, but these people are dealing with this like they're like going through this stuff all the time, and they're playing with and, on both sides. Of, they're like, okay, I want to be alone, but I want to, uh, but I'm the fighter. Like, and and yet they're having anxiety about each side of it, and then they're voicing it all at the same time. And you're like, what side are you actually on? Like, and that's where I mean, I understand right. like complete confusion. I can understand complete confusion with with Morgan. But when you have Morgan, Rick, and Carol all completely confused at the same time, it's like, all right, where are the writers going with this? Like, I well, understand from, like... All three of those uh, characters have had major meltdowns before. Right, I know. Right. But where right. the but hell do we are have they to going? Go, <laughs> do, we have to, do we have to go through another round of them rediscovering themselves? I mean... Yeah. Good Lord, this goes on all the time with these characters. So I you think don't I'll, find it interesting to their... I, I, it's too confused right now, and I, I hope that that some of it's gonna um, there's gonna be some clarity that happens in the next episode, which probably will, but it will probably happen at the end of the season when this whole Morgan transitions thing. I have a feeling a lot of this stuff is all being brought about because they're pushing Morgan off to another series. Well, I agree with you on that. So, but that's what's confusing the 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 whole to story me. It line. felt like this episode was was racing to try to tie up a bunch of plot twists. Yes, so that they feed into the the final storyline. Um, but I, you know, I'm I'm you. I've said it before. I'm not a fan of Crazy Rick, and I'm not a fan of Crazy Morgan. And my God, Crazy Morgan was on full display in this episode, and and. <laughs> I could have taken half of it. Well, when he shows and up and fight on Rick and he is like crazed eyes in the forest. Oh, yeah. And I was like, he wasn't even really looking at Rick. And, and Rick's like, hey, it's me. And I was like, you know me. Yeah, you, you know, know me. me. And I was like, I don't even know if Morgan's looking at him right now. I don't know if he's actually pissed <laughs> at him right now. Like, he's like, and he's like, I'm not right. I'm not right. Like, yeah, you're not fucking right. Like, neither of you guys is right right now. But don't you think that the whole Henry storyline wrapped up that craziness with with carol she went on her deep uh, rampage not she's, really and she's she, i do she got closure for sophia i feel but like she's gone back and forth oh. on this garbage forever yeah but she didn't need to who did she didn't even need to have closure okay right let now. me ask you this if you <laughs> did not know about carol at this point like what? having closure at with having closure with sophia that was like what season two but still like why <laughs> is that coming up now like as a mom, 
<laughs> if my the only child thing that happened died. Here, the only thing that happened here <laughs> is that Carol is now wants to be back in the community instead of being on her own. And that's what she's talking about. And that's, Well, okay, so let me ask you this. If you, really if you did not know that Morgan was going to leave the show and go to a different show, would you feel the exact same way? Yes. About this storyline. It's it's yes. confusing. It was really confusing. I would no, I, I would what I would feel is that I'd be f- feeling, oh God, I thought we left crazy Morgan behind. I don't want to go back through this thing. Especially you know, in the same with what I'm saying with Rick. You know, Rick starting to lose his mind and all you know, God, if he starts seeing Lori again, I may be done. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, well, I even know. heard a story uh, on the news today that um, uh, what's his face? Dwayne might be making a comeback to the show because Dwayne, who? Dwayne Morgan's D- child, Morgan's his kid. son. He's uh, dead. Because in the comic book, a little bit of a spoiler. So if you don't want to hear this, don't listen. In the comic book, uh, <laughs> I'll just say Earmuffs. a certain character Earmuffs. finds their child again after thinking they were dead. Not Rick and. Uh, what's his face? Carl, a different person, and so that storyline might in turn come over to this show and be Morgan and Dwayne. Hmm. Well, that'll have to be on a different show. That's because exactly Morgan's right. Because Morgan's going to be on a different show. That's exactly right. But, but nonetheless, I it, your question to me though was if I didn't know that Morgan was leaving the show, would I be reacting this way? And, and hell yeah, I'm not looking forward to seeing Crazy Morgan. I don't care for Crazy Morgan. I like the Morgan. That is part of the community, um, kind of being in the background, kind of be the uh, soul mm-hmm. of the community and so forth, the conscience. Crazy Morgan talking to himself and trying to uh, clear everything. That's. But is it. I'm done with that. Is it not reasonable to think that in a situation like they find themselves, that there would not be one or two people who are like. I don't know reality from fiction, and I'm going off the deep end. I need to figure out my mind right now. Totally. I think most of them would be dead. Hmm. But he doesn't die. Yeah, he doesn't he die. He doesn't die. He doesn't Her, die. He told everybody Nobody that. dies. Nobody dies. They all turn. Well, I personally like the Morgan storyline. He's still one of my favorite characters on the show, no matter what. No, that's fine. I enjoy the Morgan storyline. I'm just saying that the way it was presented, like Scott says, it's a little rushed. It's a little... compressed uh, for all the things that are kind of going up and down, up and down. And it's not just him. There's a few characters that are kind of going through similar things. And I was trying to figure out what the hell are the writers trying to tell us right now? Because there was just, there just seemed to be too many balls in the air as -hmm. far as what was going on. And yeah, they were trying to clarify a lot of stuff now, but at the end, I was still like, what the hell does that mean? Like, when he goes and, and sees Henry at the end, I mean, I, I, I can sort of understand what they're trying to say, but when he says, I killed the guy, and the and Henry's like, sorry, and he starts freaking out. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, oh, no, sorry, no, sorry. Like, don't be sorry. Don't be, you know, it was just like, it was just very weird. It was very deep. I mean, mm-hmm. I, if, if I, yeah, if I had a bunch of time right. other than an hour to watch the show... <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it twice, and I was still kind of confused. I actually wasn't sure why why Henry was so. That exactly I'm sorry. what I'm saying. 
Where did that come from? I kind of feel like they switched roles there too, where Henry was like, I'm exactly. sorry you had to kill somebody for me. But, why? but I didn't understand why Morgan felt that he needed to tell Henry that when that situation had already been taken care of and Henry was okay with it. But why is that kid so confident well, in saying that when that situation had happened? He just came back from almost dying. Like why would he even care? At that I mean he did know that situation had happened because Morgan told him that he had already killed the guy who killed his brother. Before, right, but, but before Henry, Henry didn't believe that. Henry didn't believe that. And I don't How do think you know that? Believed it. Because he went after the guys in the pen, remember? He wanted to find out who shot his brother. He didn't believe that Morgan killed the guy. And he went after the go chase the guys. Well, that's and true. that the point where he's going to go chase these guys, I guess we're supposed to understand that him getting stuck under the roots was like his own epiphany that this whatever 12-year-old kid <laughs> this 12-year-old kid realizes you shouldn't do that and you should mm-hmm. because I guess you should cherish life. Yes, he had the epiphany yeah. because he, he uh, Carol came and saved him and told him right. all about Kids how. don't have epiphanies like that. I'm sorry, folks. I was just hoping there was a field of flowers right there and Carol would be like, just look over there. <laughs> 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 That would be awesome. <laughs> like, we've been here before. <laughs> mm, replay, replay. <laughs> Kids and their epiphanies. I mean, all I've got to say to that is, like, we've never been in that situation. We've never been in an apocalypse where the world is coming to an end. You don't know. But we've know. all been kids. You don't know. I don't think I ever had an epiphany on anything at you that You were age. never forced I to have an epiphany. I just wanted to go out and play. Exactly. These kids don't have that sort of lifestyle. These kids That's have to fight for their lives. Life. And they see people dying all around them. Have you ever seen somebody get killed? They're not going to associate someone killing somebody as being there, that they have to suffer from the guilt of it now. Uh, The only epiphany I ever had was, and it wasn't even because of something I did. It was my my friends who had a treehouse decided to put a a fireplace in it. And I realized, (laughs) don't put a fireplace in a (laughs) treehouse. That is going to be a disastrous move for your treehouse. And did it burn? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was an awesome treehouse, too. Oh, well, not anymore. <laughs> bad idea. Very bad idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God they and had you I'll, as a friend. <laughs> I think on that note, we're uh, going to go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back. I'm going to sit on y'all. My word is My word is fine. My word is fine. My word is fine. My word is fine. All right, everybody, we're back. Um, I think we need to talk about the the uh, ambush between that uh, Rick and Morgan received. Um, what do you guys think about what was going on there? Well, first of all, the arm and the leg thing that they come up upon once they finally get out of the woods. So was that the arm? Was that from the saviors trying to cut off their own arms and legs at this point? Yes. Because yes. they're, they're getting yeah. They were okay. trying to yeah rescue the guys that had been bitten. Right. Okay. So remember when they when we see them limbs. in the barn later on, you see a lot of guys laying around without legs and arms and stuff. Da pooched. Do you think they got bitten, or do you think they got 
hurt by the weapons that they had coded. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess we're to assume that they got attacked. But, I mean, were they attacked by this horde? That was the way... The They're thing. not attacked by the horde. They don't even know it's coming. I know. They don't know what the horde's coming. They would be dead meat by Do we too. really know the horde's coming at this point? Other than Morgan and um, Rick bringing it up? Well, that's a good point, too, because they got knocked out and then taken to this place. We don't know how far away yeah, but there the was bar a lot is of, from their original forget, location. Though, there was a ton of, of uh, walkers inside Hilltop when they escaped. And that's why Morgan starts screaming and stuff. Right, like, remember, ah. and some of those guys were getting attacked. Right. Because you remember Henry was holding the gun on them, and it all went to pieces when one of the guys inside the pen got attacked by another of the guys inside the pen. Right, right, right. But how do, Mor- so they, totally they, totally unrelated, how do Morgan and Rick know the horde is coming after they if get, they've Morgan been knocked saw out? It. Morgan saw the horde, remember? He split no. up on Carol when he saw no, the horde. I understand that, but they've been knocked out. And they're taken to a new location where yeah. they don't know where that location is in relation to where they got knocked out. It's one of those things with this show is every time somebody gets knocked out, they wake up right away and they're completely loosened. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think I don't think Morgan was out or he maybe was not out very much because when when he started talking true. to see, Rick, we see Rick get knocked out. Rick had been knocked out, but I don't know if yeah. Morgan had been because um, he seemed to be aware of the whole situation when Rick came to. So. To Kim's point, they probably should have knocked Morgan out. Yeah. Probably. But if they overwhelmed him, I mean... It would have made Kim's it. point a lot better. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. But that's why... So evidently Morgan real, knows that they didn't go very far. Okay. So that that's my thinking anyway. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. So, so we get Rick waking up in the barn with Morgan... Or in the bar, excuse me. Uh, tied to... Um, tied to the rail with Morgan, right? Well, that I mean, that's when Rick starts using um, the, the stuff that Alden was saying against him, right? Against right. them. Thank you. Right. Because in his arguments to... against uh, Jared, because Jared was talking about, well, he, Jared was already talking about ditching the guys that had been injured. Yeah, well, and he said you're pooched. Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, yeah and all yeah. the people, all the people are questioning Jared's decision on that. So of course, Rick is able to jump right on that mm-hmm. and say, "Listen, you don't have to listen to Jared right now. You can bring all your people back to." Hilltop, yep. and we can try and yep. save them. He says, my truck is nearby. We can bring these guys to Hilltop, and we have a doctor there. That's right. And beyond it just being the words of um, Alden, it's also the words of Carl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what Carl was trying to get him to understand, is that things can go, life can go on after all this fighting. And you have to be, you have to treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And that's what we hear coming out of his mouth. And that's why I'm so mad about the outcome of that entire scene. Because I did like, I did he like screwed the, up his son's memory. Oh yeah. I do like the fact though, that when they, you know, Jared said, no, they're here to kill us or something like that. And, and then they question, start questioning Morgan and Morgan's like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to kill every one of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then he goes into that long diatribe of like, the problem is a horde's gonna come. The horde's gonna and yep. when when you're just nothing but what do you say like mangled limbs and faceless yeah. people right. holding He's... on to life. There's not gonna be anybody for me to kill. Exactly. Like exactly. That was his biggest problem. Yeah. Isn't that funny big... that when Morgan really needs to be lucid, he's yeah. lucid, but he's still got Crazy Town going through his brain. But it makes sense. 
Well, I mean, it's it was scary. a little bit crazy town. I mean, he's here he is tied up and he's telling all these guys when Rick's trying to talk their way out of it. He's telling all these guys, well, now I'm here to kill you. I don't this know what I mean. he's talking about, but, uh, but that's a little crazy. That's what I mean. He's still got crazy going through his head. Yes. Oh, but right, right, right. Gotcha. But he's gotcha. lucid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, anyway, things things go to shit when the um, when the uh, horde starts coming in, and it and that was right when the guys seemed to be bending towards what Rick was saying. Man, as mm, that scene that still just upsets me that Rick could say those things and and have the guys believing him that they that they're going to help each other out and then he turns on them like that and yep. hits them with the hatchet in the neck of all places well like, yeah that's yeah. the message the one that he ends up killing is the guy that just seconds earlier was was saving his life right yep. being killed exactly. by zombies yep. so it yeah just, it was it was mm, totally it's totally gruesome wrong. Totally so, wrong. I mean, back you know, back to your point, Scott, of, of him switching roles with Negan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's you know This was this was evil. He's using humanity um, against them, you know. He's right. using, you know, their own you know, I guess weakness of, of, of actually having faith in someone. Right. Having faith that um, you know, someone's word actually means something. Well, yeah, as we said, uh, obviously uh, your sack carries more more uh, clout than your word. Yes. <laughs> in the apocalypse. When Jared runs off and Morgan goes after him. Yeah. Do you see Morgan swat that one walker away as he was walking mm-hmm. by? Yeah, like it's no big deal. <laughs> was, yeah. Like, uh, get out. Boom. <laughs> oh, man, holds, that was awesome. He holds on to Jared through that fence. First of all, I thought Morgan's hands were going to get eaten off. Right. During that whole little shebang. But um, it, it was like, what's his name? Um, Noah. When Noah got killed in the revolving door. Mm, right. And you see his face up close, and then all of a sudden somebody takes a bite out of his cheek. Ugh, mm-hmm. so horrible. This time it was kind of like, yeah, die, die. Right, right. Yeah, but Noah's was, like, was tragic. This one was, you were rooting for this one. Yeah, but I, I don't but even think I way, was rooting for it that way. It was so brutal. It oh, was I very was. brutal, but I also like the character of Jared, so I really didn't want him to. Yeah, I mean, really he was, go. He was definitely a smartass. He, he deserved it. Smarmy I, asshole. Yeah, but, I, but still, I mean, he's holding on to him. He's already got walkers like all over his ass. Do you have to really hold on to him at that point? I, I listen. I'm glad that it finally happened with Jared because that's been kind of a a sticking point with me is the fact that no one ever killed Jared at any point. Yeah. You That's know, true. I mean, come on. Ever since, you know, from the beginning when he was John with people and getting in people's faces and something like that. Dude, you know, dude's been asking for it. Yeah. He's been asking That's for true. it way too long. And uh, so it, it was, it had to happen. I think they kept him around because his character, I think they liked having the character on the show. But he had gone way too far. As it, but no if I was Jared, I would him. not be letting Morgan go. I'd be grabbing onto his ass too. Well, I still couldn't figure out why Jared didn't just try to pull the gate back open again. I know. <laughs> I mean, Morgan just slammed it in his face, but it was just a pull-across gate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he didn't even try. It was a pretty cool scene, though. A pretty cool scene. The last scene is when they're back at Hilltop, and mm-hmm. they come through the gate, and um, Henry and Carol are already there. Yeah. And that was a... Weird interaction, don't you think, between Morgan and Henry? Yeah. 
Morgan, I don't understand why Morgan told him that he killed the guy who killed his brother when they had already had that conversation. Well, I think, well, because I, um, he, uh, it was obvious that Henry didn't believe it. Um, Henry had no belief in that Morgan had killed the guy. I mean, we saw that when Henry went into the pen with the gun. I mean, he was, that's who he was asked for. Which one of you killed my brother? So he, he didn't have any belief in Morgan. I think Morgan knew that. I think Morgan knew he saw through him on that. And, and I think that's kind of why Morgan came to him and told him that he did it. Because he was, you know, trying to make up for the fact that he did not, that he told him he did, but he did, really didn't do it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He felt guilty but for having. What I couldn't get, it. though, yeah, but I couldn't get. What I couldn't get is, is here's this Henry saying, "I'm sorry," and so I guess Henry's having a, a deep moment there, of, uh, you know, recollect or you know having this epiphany that, um, that this is horrible for Morgan, and I'm sorry you had to do it type thing. I don't see that out of a kid. I don't yeah, see it a was, kid yeah, it having that kind of a deep moment. It was just weird. It was, it was yeah, an it was, odd exchange. It was an odd exchange. And um, especially after what Henry had supposedly just come through and for him to be, um, yeah, to, for him to come back in and be like, oh, I'm sorry that you had to do that. Right. It didn't, it didn't make any sense that he would be on that plane of, of understanding right. of what was going on. Right. And you know, really and it, weird delivery. the show kind of ended on several of those kind of moments. I mean, you also had the same thing with Rick when he's um, confronted by Michonne at the end. And mm. you know, when we last we saw Rick, he was he was you know shooting that guy who mm. you know was telling him how are you going to be able to live with this, and and he was shaking and all this stuff, you know. And then all of a sudden he's calm and you know saying to Michonne, "Well, I'm sorry," you know that kind of yeah. thing. You know, sorry I'm late. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. And then, he, you know... What do we eat? Yeah. It, that also was just a weird, weird conversation to have at the end of this show. Yeah. Especially since he supposedly... Well, he may not be actually torn up about what had just happened. He, he was kind of showing uh, as he was walking past Alden. And mm -hmm. it was kind of like, you saw what I just... Or this is what I just yep. did. Like, you know, he was yep. he was definitely uh, projecting what he had Got actually done. Got his swagger back. Yeah, but um, he it, it's... Too many different sides of Rick's emotions happening in a sequence that didn't right. seem to add up. Like no. he's shaking because of everything that you know went into him killing this this guy mm -hmm. um, when this... he's killing off the saviors and the guy saying, um, you know, we we could have had an after, you know, we could right. have lived after this world, and then he's, you know, being tough guy walking past Alden, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden he's like, oh sorry, Michonne, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, was very, it was a weird sequence of just his mm -hmm. character. <laughs> yeah, I actually got a lot out of the whole Carol Ezekiel interchange there. Um, Carol is telling Ezekiel about Sophia, and Ezekiel, or she's telling Ezekiel that she didn't think she was strong enough, but the people that she was with afterwards helped her get back to a point where she could be herself again. And then, like, right after that is when the whole Morgan thing happens with Henry. And you can see there's a definite change. Like, Morgan also lost his child, but he's not strong enough. He's not to that point where Carol is um, in terms of strength, internal strength, to get back to where he needs to be. And I think Rick is walking that fine line 
of like we we hope he's gonna be okay he kind of needs to be okay because he's a leader but he is not there yet and he's where carol was i think uh right after sophia died which makes sense since it's only been like a day or two since carl left us but that was a really cool scene or just trying to like figure out how it all let, let me ask you this do you do you still consider rick to be the leader I was going to ask the same thing. I, I'm kind of considering Maggie to be the leader now. Yeah, Maggie. She's the leader of Hilltop. Well, no, but Maggie's I mean. the leader. I think Rick's like the military leader. Yeah. You know, he's not He's not the leader of the community. Because Maggie, you point. know, he was, you know, they were, Rick was just going out on a supply run or something like that. He was like one of the guys. And Maggie's just kind of run, walking around there making all the decisions and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I, I see Maggie as the leader right now. And I think everybody's in Hilltop. I mean, it's just everybody is a Hilltopper now. Yeah, but if they go back to Alexandria, don't you think he will take the lead again? Maybe so, but maybe they don't go back to Alexandria. Well, they got a contract for the next two years. <laughs> right. It's not the only thing they filmed in filmed there. So, but anyway, I yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that may come into place. But you remember, Rick's already tried to give up the leadership part. You know, remember what, and he would be happy to do yeah, so. Yeah, remember he wanted to be a farmer. I just want to be a farmer. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think of Rick as being the leader at this point. Rick, I, I mean, Rick is showing more that he's, it, without the battle, without the fight, he's almost a little lost mm-hmm. as a character. There's really almost no purpose for yeah. what he's supposed to be. He could be a farmer, sure, but that's, you know, completely divorced from what his character is now. And um, I think, you know, at this point, he's kind of in his own zone. of, And his he's doing his thing. He's just going around and making the decisions. I mean, the decisions of, of killing um, these saviors off is, uh, you know, we, we've seen it in the past where and it was equally shocking, maybe less or so, when he kills off um, the outpost folks when they're sleeping. Right, but you know... The, you know and he, he, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. And, and here... It's so much more gruesome because these people have actually decided to get on his side, and then he still kills. But him. you know, Stu, I, I, the one thing I want to say about that though is I do see those two instances of being as being different. Um, he, That's what I just said. Well, no, what I mean by that is, I mean the ones when they killed them at the at the outpost or whatever. That was a uh, strategic attack. What Rick yeah. did with these guys seemed more like Rick going rogue. This was like the governor killing all of his people when they were at the roadside. Right. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it it didn't seem like it was a command decision or anything like that. This seemed like this was a Rick decision for Rick only. And it was more Rick going rogue. That's why he didn't tell anybody about it. Mm. It wasn't okay. like he came back and said to Maggie, hey, you know, or, or Michonne, hey, you know, I, just, I killed them all. That was, you know, he, he, mm-hmm. that was him doing it on the sly. Yep, I agree with that. Does he need to okay anything with anybody? No, not really. No. That's why I'm saying he's still kind of a leader. But he wasn't looking at it no, as I a leadership think, I decision. I don't no. think it's a leader thing. I think it's his, he thinks his decisions are the way to go. Hmm. And, I mean, it's it's uh, the unfortunate thing with how his character has kind of been doing this roller coaster with the past few episodes is that you thought that he got some sort of insight from what um, a Carl had been mm-hmm. telling him. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you thought that stuff hit home with him, especially after the Heap people right. all got killed off. You thought, oh, well, 
you know, he left Jadis there, and he even had, like, second thoughts of that. At least you, you thought his character did. Right. Um, and yet he's still not allowing anybody to get close to his community. Mm-hmm. He, he can't trust them. He can't trust anybody he brings back, he thinks, the lost cause. Mm-hmm. Because the second you trust them, they're probably there's a we'll chance they're going to turn on him and his community. Even so though most of those people around him are people that had to change at some point, or had to earn his yeah. trust at some point. Right. They had to earn Negan's trust at some point. Mm-hmm. So they've obviously proven themselves in some way that uh, they were trustworthy in some way. Yeah. So, uh, But he's not willing to see that. No. So um, I guess we've covered what we need to on the show. So why don't we go to our favorite segment, Hit or Miss. Kim, would you okay. like to bring us in on a hit? Of course, of course, of course. Okay, so my hit is, just to reiterate, is the undertones of love and losing a child and then finding that child or having that child return or even just coming to grips with not having your child uh, with you anymore but in your heart. And it all ties with Easter, which was when the episode was aired. So I just really loved how, whether it was intentional or not, that the writers tied in that storyline to the actual holiday that it was being aired on. And they were resurrecting a bunch of people in Morgan's mind. Yes. Okay. Stuart? Uh, my hit was definitely the helicopter. Ah. Because the helicopter added a whole new layer to the story. Um, and we, you know, where are these people coming from? They obviously had this, like we talked about before, they obviously had this planned meeting time with Jadis. And yep. so how does all this stuff happening? So, yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to, where that's going to go. Not sure how soon we're actually going to see anything to deal with that. But, right. um, and then, and also it, again, kind of, uh, verifying from what we saw at the very beginning of the series when, when, uh, Rick saw the helicopter land. Right. Um, so we never saw the helicopter again. Right. Yeah. So until yeah. in fear of the walking dead, we saw a crash helicopter. Yeah. But I don't think that was the same one. No, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, but I think you're right. Um, my hit uh, was, I, I still think it's it's rather brilliant the way the writers have been able to uh, switch Rick and Negan's roles. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they, they really have been able to do a flip on the, on the morality side. And, you know, it is funny when you're able to look at, at Negan as being the moral high ground compared to Rick and Simon. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, they've, they've, been, they've done a brilliant job of being able to bring that around without it looking looking um, odd. I mean, yeah. it, it's been a very smooth transition the way they've done it, and, and they've done it in a very convincing way. I mean, here you are. You find yourself rooting for Negan in mm-hmm. a lot of respects, and, and you were not for Rick over that. No, not at all, uh-uh. especially after this episode. No, Rick needed a spanking. Bad Rick. <laughs> With Lucille. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, you guys are conjuring up all kinds of weird scenarios. <laughs> yeah. Can you picture it? <laughs> <laughs> ah! oh. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of misses, Kim, you want to bring a miss in there, please? <laughs> yes, my miss is the consistent inconsistencies of the episode. Mm. Uh, or, you know, you could even say of the season. Because now, are we to believe, since Rick and Morgan are covered in Walker goo... After the bar fight, that are they going to get sick now? Because you know that they probably have some cuts somewhere. 
on their body yep. after what they just went through. So are we to believe that they are going to get sick or do we go with the old way? Like, I don't even know what to think anymore. They're not going to get sick. No. Not at all. Just saying. Yep. And then... No, I get your you point know, exactly. It doesn't make I mean, sense. Yeah, it's hard to say anymore. Right. And then um, also with the inconsistencies that I've already described with the whole Jadis and Negan scenario. Yeah, you're so, talking about the particulars of the uh, of the scene. Um, yeah. The oddities of setting him up next to a, a bag full of guns. Yeah, and all that stuff. All right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, I it is. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, that, that brings into question every time anybody gets hit with anything. Right. Uh, hit by a rock. Did it have Walker goo on it? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you know, what? because we were even questioning with Tara, when she got shot by the arrow, does that mean she's going to get sick and turn into a right. walker now? Which, which proved to be the the uh, opposite. You yeah. have to wait till next week. Yes. Well, God forbid. For everybody that gets hit with anything. God forbid anybody tries to cover themselves in walker blood again, because I will call bullshit and be pissed. Yeah, especially if they lick it. Yeah, and if Nick does it on fear, so chewing on it, it's not gonna fly. Well, intestine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Beef Caught between your cheek and gum. All right. Mm. Well, nice. with your uh, consistent inconsistencies, um, my uh, my spinoff miss is uh, a Jadis handling of Negan the captive. Uh-huh. Right. Because it was just, to me, unbelievable that she would be so. Um, I, I don't know, ignorant as to leave him with all that stuff. Yeah, right. Although, back to what we had talked about before, this being a possible compound or something, she's been kind of playing this leader role the entire time. Maybe she's not really good in this world. Maybe <laughs> they've just been handed everything the entire time. Yeah, I mean, um, that's, a, that's good a good point. point. You know, the other thing, too, uh, I... The the recklessness with with the way she handled Negan, um, I, there's a part of me though that thinks that maybe that was intentional because Negan even points out to her, you know, you don't really want to kill me. You wouldn't have set me down here next to a bag of guns, you know. And one of psych, you know, psychologically, she is is uh, not wanting to kill Negan. I go back not to, wanting the fact to kill that, anybody. Though, that almost seemed like an excuse for. Poor writing. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, why did you put me next to this big bag of guns? And then for him to have his arms free, mm-hmm. he's got a flare lit and has mm-hmm. pro- positioned all those photos just underneath the flare and has a gun in the other hand, he could have gotten out of those straps at that point, don't you think? I would think so. Yeah, I mean, if you've got that much time to set all this stuff, he even made like a cup of tea. Yes, he did. <laughs> Yeah, see, he was on a lounge chair instead of a cart now. He's like, that come was the other enjoy thing. me. I have crumpets. <laughs> I love some crumpets. But he had, like, T-Rex arms. <laughs> have a sandwich. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you, did you remember, uh, I don't know if I, we pointed this out earlier or not, when Jared was like, come on, guys, we, let's just go. Leave the pooched guys. Yeah. He's like, I want a, I want a sandwich. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know, I love it. <laughs> I want a sandwich. These guys are all about the sandwich. <laughs> So am I. They make good pickles. So am I. I guess they do. But it's like, gotta have a sandwich. Gotta have a sandwich. (laughs) Well, my... A Subway sandwich. Yes. Oh, for Jared? Yeah. Yeah, That's not good. Sorry. That was really bad. (laughs) Fail. What? That was perfect. Well, that guy guy uh, deserves being eaten by walkers anyway, so I guess... Yes, he does. They should switch. Yeah. 
uh, okay, so my miss, my miss he went comes to back to the um, the whole uh, intertwined dialogue and so forth that was going on between Carol and Morgan and Rick and Henry, and it was just so convoluted. And it, 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 was, it was, you know, I don't mind a complicated plot line. I can follow a compl- complicated plot line. That was just disjointed as hell. And it was like everybody, every time they started talking to somebody, they were having to justify themselves again. And, you yeah. know, and, and it just got really old really fast. And I Agreed. think that's part of what made me not like this episode. Is it just the dialogue was not very well done. And uh, they could have done better with that. Yeah, there were too many people having too many epiphanies all at once. Yes. And you're like, what? And they were like epiphanies bouncing off of other epiphanies. Exactly. You're exactly. Like, oh, well, you're right. They're trying to out epiphany people. each other. Yeah, it's like, I got a better one. Hey. <laughs> we shouldn't kill people. You're right, Morgan. Well, I... that's not what I meant. They all turn. And Brick's like over there, well, yes, we should kill them all. Yeah. Kill them all. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, and Morgan's people. like, I've got an epiphany. I'm not right. <laughs> we're all not right oh, and then God. that's when they like have a high five yes and then high five over. epiphany <laughs> like okay. the wonder twins um yeah that was uh that was uh that was my my pet peeve with the thing let me ask you this though um since we're coming to the end of our discussion about this um we're we're leading into coming into the fear fear series coming up again so mm-hmm. fear is supposed to be catching up now, or we're guessing fear is catching up with with the uh, the Walking Dead's timeline, right? Right. So, and with Morgan switching over there, you would think that that even though they said it would never happen, that there may be an interchange of the characters. You know that they may meet up at some point or something. You mean fear coming over to Walking Dead? Yeah, or vice versa. Or the other way around. Well. There is speculation that he could come back to The Walking Dead at some point. Mm. We don't know how many episodes he's supposed to be on Fear. And if he did that, he could bring some people with him. They're, right. they're going to see how much each one has has weighted viewership. Yeah. And then they're just going to push the characters right. towards that one. That could or they may, do a, they may do a um, another... Switcheroo. Well, they may do another double feature night where they have the end of the series, you know, end of, of that year with The Walking Dead be the same episode as when the beginning of Fear or something like that, you know, where they have a crossover episodes, you know. I don't know. Yeah. But it leads me to think that they're going to, that they may not live up to that promise about those two worlds never coming together. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see. I think they've already said that they're breaking that promise. Right, with the Morgan. Since Morgan's going over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Then Nick's going to come over and they'll have like the bullet maker and the pill popper. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. And then those will be the two clashing heads. A bullet yeah. making pharmacy. Nice. Yeah. He nice. might shoot pills. Yeah. Nick and well, uh, no, just Nick. Yeah. Okay. That could be interesting. That's great. Okay, well we do have some listener comments. Yeah, we do. Um David uh, Renegade Trek said, um, so glad that Punk was torn apart by walkers. Yes. <laughs> Ryan the Lion at Hercules Handy on Twitter said, thought it was awesome. Jared got an epic death. <laughs> and he nice. did. He really he, did. For being such an asshole, he did earn a good death, and he got one. Yep. 
Yeah. It's a memorable one. Definitely. All right. David Valentine said, Rick is a villain. Another reason why this show keeps losing viewers. Looking forward to fear. <laughs> well, that's... David that's, David's uh, not happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a rather pointed statement, and he, it's, may, he may not be far off. It's surprising, though. I mean, when you thought... When Fear of the Walking Dead was coming out, and obviously we, we jumped on and were excited about it coming out, did you ever think it would have as much... Impact? Uh, yeah, impact. It no. would have as le- the legs that it does now. No. I mean, it almost seems like people are looking forward to it a lot more than they are The Walking Dead at this moment. I think we hoped it would, but the mm-hmm. way the first two seasons went, we were like, nope, that's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. They, they did turn it around. But they've switched roles. Yeah. Because at that point, that's when Walking Dead was like going gangbusters. Yeah, the only thing is, is I'm, I'm, I, I still have a feeling that this, that this, uh, Fear of the Walking Dead's almost feeling a little bit like a reboot, and I don't know if the show needed a reboot. Um, so we'll just have to see. I mean, they've added a lot of new characters, and they're going to be changing the, you know, the time aspect of it where they are and so forth. So we may be getting to the middle of the, of the fear season and be going, "Oh, this is crap! Why did they mess this up?" You know, that kind I don't of think thing. so. I don't they're either, not. but but it's always possible. You're wrong. Okay. Wrong. Wrong. Um, Walking Dead UK fan zone on Twitter said, I love this episode. It was brilliant. The second half of season eight has been one of the strongest seasons of The Walking Dead in ages. So many questions need answering. Yeah. Yeah, and it's about time. And I agree. I agree. I mean, in general, I have enjoyed this season a lot. Um, I'm not as, as excited about it as I've been in past years. But I think I'm excited yeah, last now. season turned me off a lot. Well, it turned everybody off. The past year and a half, season and a half, were bad. And I think they needed this boost to get them going again. Mm-hmm. And I'm finally, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the heck the helicopter's about well, and what Jadis' story is and all other kinds of things. Like the Oceanside thing was like a huge letdown. I always thought that that was going to be something. And right. it's really never been anything. Maybe it'll <laughs> turn into something. But, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was just. Even uh, then, it's even, not going to turn into be that big a deal. The trash people, the heaps, as they're calling them now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I thought that was going to be something, and it was like, meh. I feel like the the um, the woman they met, what's her name? Georgie. Georgie, and the helicopter, and even the stuff where you know, even where Negan's picking up the hitchhiker, you know, mm-hmm. and that that's that's gonna be a small thing, but like Georgie and and the helicopter thing. You mean Lara? Be... Negan yeah, picks up Lara, right? Maybe. <laughs> um, those those are going to be big things, I think, that happen. I don't think they're going to be like, oh, one or two episode things that don't really have any real effect. On no, but I think they won't be addressed until next season would be my guess. Whatever, Scott. Well, I'm just saying. they got to leave Jesus. them something for next season to be interesting. On Twitter, uh, Carrie, at Carol W, said, incredible on so many levels. <laughs> so many. So many levels. <laughs> We Heart TWD wrote in with a lot, but we're just going to read a little bit. They said, so many callbacks in the episode and parallels going on. Just so many underlying meanings, which I love. First episode that Negan was really humanized for me. I actually trusted him. Jadis so much we still don't know about her. Rick and Morgan team up. Such a great episode. Yep, yep. I think, you know, they're hitting on the smart points there. Uh, Fan Mom on Twitter said... Lenny James was brilliant and heartbreaking yet again. 
And of course, Melissa McBride was amazing as well. So glad Henry's story ended up better than Sophia's. Devane, at Devane Devane on Twitter said, Whenever Jared was on the screen, my only thought was, Kill him! (laughs) But now he's gone, I'll miss him. He had so much potential to make me hate him even more. Reminded me of my hate for Troy Otto from Fear the Walking Dead. Um, It's hard to enjoy their deaths when their performances are so engaging. You know, I I, I liked, uh, I actually liked Troy better, though. I think so, too. Troy, yeah, yeah. Troy you... as a character, had so much depth to it. It was really interesting. He was much more of a main character, too. Yeah. Uh, whereas Jared was just uh, kind of got brought was, into the muscle. limelight. Yeah. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he was, I think he was made more important by him killing off um, Henry's brother. You know? Right. I mean, that's that was the whole reason why he became important to the storyline. Yep. All right, Mark LaVarnway said, Bullshit. Did I miss something? <laughs> How did Negan get a flare and a pistol? And the helicopter returns? Almost. Morgan, get over yourself already. I love you, dude, but do you really think there's a heaven with all this shit going down? You're already in hell, so embrace it like cold-blooded killer Rick. Don't <laughs> hold back, Mark. Don't yeah, hold seriously. back anymore. <laughs> Steaming pile of bullshit. That's right. Misty Rain off Twitter said, Who the hell was in the helicopter? Rick and Morgan have something in common to bond over. Can't wait to see Negan and Simon's next meeting. Right. Oh. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you think it's Laura in the car with Negan? Absolutely. And she's going to tell him everything that Dwight Absolutely. did. Absolutely. And then we're also going to have that interaction between Simon. Uh, which with the next episode, they showed uh, Dwight getting caught off guard with the whistling and Negan oh, right. standing on the steps. Right. 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 No, it's definitely Laura. I mean, you could just see it on his face. He knew her. Um, so... Yeah, I I think you're. It's definitely going to be Laura, and yeah, that's going to put in uh, put uh, our boy Dwight in some serious doo doo. And she looked worse than shit. Took a shit. Mm-hmm. If shit took shit, if shit took a shit, it wouldn't look as or no. If it shit took a shit, <laughs> it would look as shitty as you do. No, something like ah, whatever. I give up. You just can't do it as well. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> if shit were shit. And it would look pickle. shittier than you right now. Pack a pickle piper back. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, boy. Did you have something to share, Cam? I do. Speaking of spinoff shows like Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nicotero, Greg Nicotero, was recently interviewed. Oh, that Nicotero. Okay. Not, and, uh, you not know, Alan? I don't know. I don't know how much news this really is, but he hinted that there could be another (laughs) spinoff in the works, which I'm like, really? Another spinoff? I don't know if we need another one. Wow. Uh, AMC's really going to cash that cow as much as possible, aren't they? (sighs) They're trying. Yeah. But this one, he's hoping, so again, I don't know where this is going, but he's hoping that it's going to be set in a colder climate and possibly in another country. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And this was really interesting. He said, the one thing that the comic does great is when they introduce the cold weather and the winter. I had even written some webisodes that took place with a frozen zombie herd, which would be awesome. Is it called Winter is on its way? Winter is here. Is it in Sweden? We've got walkers in Sweden. I'm thinking it should probably be in Alaska, even though I know that's not a different country. But it could cross over into Canada. Let's just say Canada. Okay, Canada. Fine. 
But then you have people that are speaking English. And I don't think they're going to get a whole lot of run being a, uh, a you know, a Walking Dead show coming from Siberia. Um, I don't think we'd be too interested in that one. Yeah. So I would but imagine Frozen it's zombies. Be Canada. <laughs> not to mention there's not many people that live there. So it'd be really boring. Well, there's not even that many people who live in that area of Canada either. Did you see a zombie? Yeah, a couple weeks back. Saw one. <laughs> I put him down. But I mean, seriously, if the zombies are frozen, like you know, you just go over there and chop their heads off. Like, what's well, it might be harder to scare. It, it might be harder to get through this than you know. We've got these uh, moldy, humid butter zombies. So these at least might be a little bit tougher. Butter zombies. Butter zombie. I like that. That's a good description, Sturt. I the like butter that. zombies? The butter zombies, yeah. Yeah, they they way too easy to kill these so guys. So any of these swampy, gross guys, we got to call them butter zombies. I like it. Yes. But it, I think you could get away from these guys. Because even when they're mm-hmm. not frozen, they're still mm-hmm. going to be stiff, right? Yes. It's cold. Yeah, but so are the people. <laughs> I guess. I guess so. <laughs> and they're wearing bulky clothes. Mm-hmm. That is that is another show that is already doing that. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't need mm-hmm. ice zombies. Yeah, but those are like superhuman zombies. Yeah. Okay, None, well, I'm just nonetheless, saying the visual is still the same, is what yeah. he's saying. Well, I think biting through that thick layer of clothing would be difficult, too. I mean, it would be cool to see zombies walking around in, in uh, you know, North Face jackets and stuff like Parthas. that. Yeah. Like, man, they spent a lot on that. <laughs> that must have been. A, I'd like to see some some zombie skiers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be a lot better than coming down with from their Miami. expensive ski suits on. That would it's like be hilarious. zombies with banana hammocks. Ew, <laughs> that's not something you want to see. Retired zombies. <laughs> Welcome to Fort Lauderdale. Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, gross, just kill me now. Oh, yeah. exactly. This is disgusting. I, I can't get that out of my eyes. My eyes are ruined. Yeah. <laughs> is that zombie wearing uh, a gold chain? It's like ugh. totally 80s. Exactly. <laughs> All right, well, next week on The Walking Dead, Season 8, Episode 15, Worth. Um, with the threat of the Savior still looming, Aaron continues searching for allies. Daryl and Rosita take action and confront an old friend. I'd say... Uh, our boy uh, Eugene's in trouble, huh? He is, but let me talk about Aaron. Please do. Because the the uh, trailer for next week showed Aaron in the woods, and he looks pretty hungry. Yeah, he's, he's looking rough. Yeah. Wasn't he right there at Oceanside? Did he not go to Oceanside? Well, he's he's probably a little nervous about going in and talk to him, so he's just like hanging out at the perimeter. Of the yeah, I think time. he was just kind of scouting it right now. I'm like... Holy hell, move the story along. Well, with Aaron? Yeah. With the whole Oceanside thing. Like, yeah. put a little giddy up in your step and well, let's make it happen. I think I just said like 10 minutes ago, nothing happened with Oceanside because I'm assuming nothing is going to happen with Oceanside. Somehow, my guess is somehow Aaron's going to convince them to come back and then they'll make an appearance in the last episode during the big battle. There'll be a whole bunch of them racing out of the woods or something like that to save the day or something. Like um, Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. big battle. Right. I agree. That's what I think is going to happen, but oh my God. Yeah. 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 I Make know. it happen faster. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm also not, I, I also don't see them as being a very uh, formidable force either. 
Why? Because they're a bunch of women? No, nah, I mean, they have no weapons. <laughs> they have no weapons. They took all their well, weapons. Well, since you went there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Oh, no, you won't. (laughs) Yeah, oh, no, you didn't. So, Daryl and Rosita, though, like... I love um, when Stuart uh, tries to sound ethnic. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's the whitest guy in America. Are they Really? Have you looked in the mirror recently? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You are related. So are Daryl and Rosita actually going to try and take out Eugene? Or should they? I think they they should. Will they? they? I don't know. I think Rosita's going to get cold feet and not do it. I think it's time. Well, because she was the one that was like, yeah, let's, you know. That's what we got to do. Yeah, that's what we got to do is take him out. We take him out, then we get rid of their bullet supply. So you think maybe she freezes up when she has the opportunity? Yeah. Well, could I be. So. Could be. But maybe Daryl just comes in and does the job. I don't know. I don't see I don't see how Eugene can can fix his situation. I don't see them killing Eugene, honestly. I don't either. In the in the whole storyline. I I I think they're gonna keep him alive and they're gonna bring him back and show him the error of his ways and that's it. He's going to be making bullets for them again. I think he'll die eventually, but I think he will eventually get back to Hilltop. He has the excuse of just being the uh, looking out for himself, and he has that entire the entire series. He's had that right. excuse, and he's been well. He does, especially you know. I, I take back what I was saying. Uh, if Father Gabriel gets back, you know. Oh God, Father Gabriel! Yeah, oh, I forgot about him. Father Gabriel, he did help Father Gabriel getting out of mm-hmm. there and so forth so father gabriel would be a witness to say he was helping and so would um so would dwight mm-hmm. because he helped dwight somewhat um maybe he will maybe he will i don't know i i'm i'm a lot less interested in what happens with eugene than most of the characters tell you the truth i am too well if you'd like to tell us what you think about eugene you can write to us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at fearmepodcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash fearmepodcast and on the web at fearmepodcast.com and you can download our episodes from your favorite podcasting site. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night, everybody. Oh, no, he didn't.